personally. We're grateful for her. Thank you. Yeah. Would you stand with me as I read, and you read along, from Luke chapter 17. It's always a good thing to uh, take our bodies and put them in a place and in a posture that honors the Lord's word. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along to the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Master, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When they saw him, saw, when he saw them, excuse me, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, for the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Gratitude. We've leaned into the, the true uh, idea and truth that it's work to cultivate gratitude. It doesn't necessarily come naturally for us. That contentment is not found in our circumstances or the shiny things of which we may want to place our life on, but through a rich relationship with God. And as we near Thanksgiving and our own Thanksgiving tables, let us take a look again at gratitude at those places around the table. We're going to be looking at people, uh, and they may be, in our mind today, reminders of some things, but they also may be reminders of others uh, that we want to be thankful for. Well, we can all come to this idea, this, con- this concept that Being grateful is a universal feeling. We all feel thankful in our lives at some points. Uh, You know, whether or not we come to the point of expressing it, when something is done, we go, oh, wow, I feel internally, I feel thankful. I feel grateful. Yet Sharing it is not always as intuitive to some of us as it is to others. To sharing and expressing our gratitude doesn't always come easy for many of us. And when that happens, when we don't express express our gratitude, it creates a a void in our relationships. It creates this, uh, this space in our relationships, especially when it goes on over a period of time. Some of us can speak to this. It's just this idea of when we withhold gratitude, we create this space of unfinished business in the relationships we have around us. And with the people that we live with, whether they're at work or in our homes, we create this space. And whether we want to admit it or not, ingratitude is one of those things that stings. It's one of those places that sting in our lives, when, especially when we pour ourselves out in time, resources, and our attention, and we give it away in so many ways, right? 
And yet, there doesn't seem to be a reciprocal thanks on the backside. It, it communicates in some ways this idea and this thought that, well, that we're not even seen. Right? I mean, we do all of this work. We give all of this time and it's almost as if we're not seen. We're not recognized for the effort and the energy that we pour out and pour into other places and spaces, the, the sacrifice. In fact, sometimes it feels almost as if, well, the sacrifice is this idea that you owe me this. I pay you to do what I've told you to do. I've, I give you every, I mean, I give you everything, right? This idea of ingratitude just, it's, it stings. The crazy thing with ingratitude, though, and maybe you know this to be true, is that if you're the person that has poured out and the other person hasn't given you thanks, they have not reciprocated thanks to you, they probably have no idea. They probably have no idea that they have not, that they have not said thank you. They've not reciprocated thanks to you. But in that moment, in those places and spaces in our lives, and we can probably already start to think through different people who you've given tremendous amount to, and they've not reciprocated. There's a space there. There's a space. There's a void in the relationship that has not been attended to. Now, when we have those situations in our lives, who wants to be that person? He says, you know what? Uh, a thank you would be nice. Who wants to be that person who kind of brings the relationship into focus and says, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for doing what I've done for you, but just to say thank you and to show that you're thankful would be tremendous amount. Who wants to do that? Because once you do that, you feel kind of small. You feel kind of insignificant. You feel as if you're childish in some ways, right? I mean, when you bring it up and go, hey, don't you guys even care? Doesn't this even matter? So you don't. The only places and spaces that we often are found are caught in these, in these conversations is with our family because the rest of the world around us tends to go, oh, and they continue to move on. They realize that in the void of our ungratefulness, unexpressed, unexpressed gratefulness, that they're going to move on. And this is the truth. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. It's, it's experienced as ingratitude. It's... It's, it's really kind of the opposite of what we often think and feel, though, right? Because gratitude is a feeling we have within us. It is this emotion we feel. So when something is done, we feel grateful on the inside. But if we don't express it to those around us for the average, everyday things that even go on, it's experiences in ingratitude. But the expression of gratitude is it what completes the circle that, that this void tends to inhabit when we don't. It's the connection point 
of bringing uh, gratitude and, and ingratitude to a point where it's, it's expressed beautifully. I, maybe this helps a little bit. The ingratitude and gratitude are relatively determinative, right? That it determines how much you're willing to trust or entrust yourself to another person when you share or don't share. And when we don't share how we're, we're grateful for what is being done, we almost, and maybe you've had this feeling too, that you're being taken for granted. granted. And when we're, we feel like we're being taken for granted, we instinctively withhold ourselves. It's not even something we think about. It's, a, it's just a natural human response. We withdraw from those relationships that have, have not expressed any gratitude. Now, maybe you're the type of person who has figured this out. You're a follower of Jesus and you've figured this out about relationships, that there's a void when people don't express gratitude and you have the temptation, you're one of these one and dones who kind of do something for somebody and you realize, yep, there's nothing going to be reciprocated back. So I feel as though I don't want to give to that relationship. I don't want to give to that indiv- those people, maybe. Maybe you're one of those type of people. But let me tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus counters that as saying that we have to be generous and we're called to be generous to everybody and anybody who is in need. That even though we might have those feelings, that that's, that's not something we have the ability or the right to live out. Yet while this dynamic is still true in our relationships, you see our hearts gravitate towards rec- gravitate towards recognition and gratitude. It's just the the way our hearts are wired. I mean, we move towards that. It's not even a a mental decision that you make. If somebody says, hey, man, that was great. Thank you very much. Or, you know, I appreciate that you are fill in the blank. We tend to go, wow, they're thinking about what's transpiring. They're thinking not necessarily about me, but they're, but they're thinking about me too. They're involved in that. And let me just tell you, if that is the truth, and I think it is the truth, that our hearts are, have a, our hearts are wired for this language of gratitude one for another and being thankful for one for, and the other, uh, don't let anyone outgrateful you don't let anyone outgrateful you now that seems like an odd statement but if you are married or you're thinking about married outgrateful one another don't wait live into it uh my wife and i uh yep we have been watching the crown uh and uh the whole saga of uh the prince of wales and the princess of wales at least that's where we're at and at one point, they kind of get over themselves in the show. I don't know their real lives. But in the show, they kind of get over themselves and begin to, to, to share accolades back and forth. And their relationship begins to kind of fill in the voids that were there at, the, at that moment. 
the bad thing about it is it doesn't last. But in those moments, I got to thinking about this idea of gratitude. If we would just be people that would just outdo one another in gratitude, we would be in a much healthier place and space. We would be much healthier people and even as a faith community, far healthier as a faith community. It would be a beautiful thing. But if you are thinking of uh, you're married or you're going to get married or a long-term relationship, don't let anyone out grateful you. Just walk into it. Just be grateful for those around you. Uh, for those of you who are in here, and I think nobody's in here that's a middle school or high school, but uh, I'll do this. Ah, yeah, there he is. There's one. I don't know where the others are. So if you're in middle school or high school, student, I just want to share a little tidbit uh, that will go far to win your parents' heart. And for those of you who are mentoring kids of that age, help them on road to this. Please help them on road to this. But, but I, want, I just want to tell you that if you want more yeses out of your parents, more yeses out of your mom and dad, uh, then... Just be liberal with your gratefulness out loud. Out loud. Thank them for everything. Just thank them. Be grateful out loud. Here's why. Your parents and those of us who were parents uh, had kids at home. We can kind of resonate with this. We're just taken for granted. I mean, come on. Are we an ATM? Are we, do we, you know, just, you know, food on demand? All of these type of things. I mean, so if you're a middle school or a high school student and you're typical, I'm asking you to be atypical, to step outside of what everybody else is saying about parents across the board and, and just thank them for everything. And you may be thinking in your mind, and if you're not, I'm going to place it there. You know, I, they, they should provide me food. They should provide me clothing. They should be our, my driver because I can't get anywhere. Uh, well, that may be true. The other flip side is also true. They don't have to. They don't need to. So tell your parents out loud that you're grateful for them continually, perpetually, and may I say sincerely. It'll melt their hearts and you'll get far more yeses than the no's you may be encountering. Well, now into our passage. There's a classic and famous narrative from the life of Jesus. And every time I read this, I believe the gratitude bar gets set higher and higher for me. I, I immediately started to think about people I'm grateful for in my heart and that not, have not heard it from my lips, nor have seen it by my pen. So on to the text. The text says in, Ma in Luke chapter 17, starting in the 11th verse, it says, now on his way to Jerusalem, dra Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going to a, into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. There is a border between uh, Samaria and Galilee. This is where Jesus is hanging out, hanging out. And I think it's quite descriptive of what these lepers were living now think about this. They were neither in fully alive mode, nor they were they fully dead. They were living somewhere in the middle. They did not have a place or a space. They were quite dependent upon others for their life. 
for them just to exist, not to thrive, not to be fully embraced in either space. It goes on, ten men who had leprosy met them, met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, rightly so, these were lepers. They're going to stand at a distance. That's what they were meant, that's what they had to do. But they used a word that's only reserved and used for somebody in which they're going to follow. I mean, master, master, yet tough times, right? Tough times, tough spaces, tough places, crises in our lives call for change, transformation, to call out to some that maybe I would have never called out before. And so they call out to Jesus and call him master. They meet him as he is. They were not going to change their situation. Maybe he could change theirs. It goes on, when he saw them, he said, go. Now, can you imagine this word go? I mean, this is all they hear, maybe hear initially. And it is a word that they've heard many times over. Go, get out. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. Go and show. Can you imagine this call, this, this compelling call that Jesus places on them? I mean, he, he places it right on them and says, go and show yourself. That would, be, that, that would be incredible, and it takes incredible faith. Some of us may question, what does it mean to be walking by faith? This literally means walking by faith. Because it goes on, and he says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were cleansed as they were going. This is what transpires. I mean, they hear go, and they're like, uh-oh, here it comes. Go show yourselves to the priests. Wait a second, we're lepers. I mean, we're lepers. We're told to live outside of town, we're told to live in the places and spaces and only where we can live. This, this disease is crippling us. And then as they begin to walk, step by step by step, they are cleansed. Can you imagine? What disease are you dealing with today? What disease... If Jesus spoke words to you and said, go to your doctor, because you don't come to the priest. I mean, I could try, but uh, I pray. But maybe some of, you know, what if, they, what if the Lord said, and you were like, are you kidding me? I've been dealing with this for years. This chronic thing I've been dealing with for years, the doctor just gives me medicine to deal with the symptoms. Oh. Many of us are there, right? But this is exactly what happens. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He came back. He went back to thank the one that helped him move forward. He came back. I don't think this one could do no less. He, he wanted to go back and thank the one, the only one who could do for him that no one else could do for him. 
What about you? What about you? Have, have you gone back to thank the one or even the ones in your life who have done for you what you could not have done for yourself? They, they helped you along. They gave you the right piece of advice. They encouraged you. They hung with you. Have you expressed gratitude to them? Or are you assuming that they already know that you're grateful because you went on and lived your life? You did exactly as they would have expected. You see, there are two ways that we can, we can really express our gratefulness. We can express it verbally. And oftentimes, gratefulness comes this way, and this is probably not the healthiest way, nor the right way. But we express our gratefulness to other people, not to the person or to the peoples that helped us. We express our gratefulness to others, thinking that, oh, that's, that's, how, that's how expressing gratitude works. Uh, for prime example, how about in your marriage? How does it work? Don't answer. <laughs> how does it work when you express gratefulness to somebody else but not to your spouse? Yeah, now you get it. So verbally, we need to be expressing our gratefulness one to another. And maybe for the everyday things, so we get into the pattern. But think about the, the table you're going to be setting at. Think about the table you're going to be setting at this week. How can you? Or maybe it's notes. And can I just, can I do something? Don't send me a tax. Don't send people texts. Stop doing that when you're expressing gratefulness. I mean, it's one way. I get it. Take the time and write a note. It takes a pen and a paper. It takes a little bit more time. And it takes a little bit more money. I get it. But take the time. Take the time and express it. I'm not saying you should do that all the time. I get it. But do put these patterns into your life where you're able to go, wow, I can't believe they did that. Or, man, I'm just, they do this all the time. Uh, they just do this faithfully, week in and week out. They, my husband or my spouse, what, wife, makes coffee every single day. Write her a note. It's not the big things. It's the small things that matter. Back to the text, Luke 17, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a... Samaritan. Can you imagine Dr. Luke in his excitement about dropping this? I mean, if you know anything about the gospel of Luke, you know that Luke's drive was to show that the margins and the fringes were Jesus, where he hung out, and where he wished and desired to bring people into the center of the kingdom and his will. I mean, that had to have been incredible. I mean, just to show, he didn't have this term for it, but we do. The upside-down kingdom is where God tends to live and thrive. Luke wants us to know this. While he drops the word Samaritan, he wants us to know this, that he's looking for you. Okay, you, you may think you're in the center, but we've all been on the fringes. We all have been in the margins. If you needed God's grace and mercy and love today, he has a table set for you. 
the word Luke wanted us to read, I think with the Spirit's combining power was, he was a Samaritan. <laughs> so the other side of it is, who, who in your world lives in the fringes? Who can you see and invite to experience the goodness of God? Luke 17 goes on. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Now, it's really interesting. Jesus is asking the question, where are the rest? It's as if he's saying they missed their opportunity. Now, we can all remember this, and it's probably, uh, it's probably our moms, right? We, we've been given a gift, and we're standing there as a kid, and she's going, say thank you, say thank you, you remember? Because there's something, there's something, there's something about the timing that's so, so crucial. And it's awkward too, right, when they do that. I remember those days, like, say thank you not even what I wanted that's not the point (laughs) say thank you and he's trying to tell us Jesus is trying to tell us they missed an opportunity (laughs) there's a timing to this where are the other nine Jesus goes on has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Again, Luke gives us a heads up by dropping the word Samaritan, but Jesus gives us a clear picture of this and drives the point home. A foreigner, a foreigner. He's actually probably saying that the other nine, they knew how to give praise. They knew how to thank God. They knew the right way to go because they are part of my people. We don't know that for a fact, but the text kind of leans that way pretty strongly. That this foreigner knew how to praise God because there was no one that was going to save this foreigner. There was no one going to extend a hand to this foreigner, but God himself. And he was the one who teaches us how to praise He's the one that turns around and goes back to thank the one. And Jesus finishes this by saying this to the former leper. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So what are our next steps? Well, one, we need to understand that ingratitude feels feels like Uh, unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. That when we don't express gratitude in the right places and spaces, it feels as if people are being ungrateful. And ingratitude is a stinging thing. We can all admit to that. I'm sure if you would have asked the nine, hey, are you guys grateful that you're no longer lepers? And they would have said, I feel so grateful. I I really do. I mean, you know, I'm able to reemerge into life. I'm I'm able to, you know, be with my family, get a job. I'm grateful. They would have said, I feel grateful. But the unexpressed emotion 
leaves a void in the relationship. And Jesus recognizes this. Out of anybody who could give grace and mercy and love, he says, look, they missed something here. And the text wants us to know that. (laughs) We do too, right? We do too. We miss those, those opportunities to be grateful. This is what we do know, is that ingratitude feels like rejection at times, right? Because we pour ourselves out, and properly so. Jesus calls us to do that, but the reality is it feels like rejection. And so while we might feel grateful with the unexpressed verbalization or even handwritten notes, They don't know. And that's the point. They don't know. But they work for me. Yeah, okay, so they work for you. They're supposed to do that. Yeah, but you should tell them thank you from time to time, if not every day. But but that's what what we signed up for right here at at the altar. They should know. Yeah, okay, maybe they should know, but that doesn't mean that you don't express gratefulness and thankfulness. See, we can keep people's hands, if you will, but we'll never capture their hearts without gratitude. So the question is for all of us, why do do we withhold in certain situations? Maybe it's this, that unexpressed gratitude may indicate an inflated view of self. Did I go there? Yeah, I did. Because this idea of arrogance and ingratitude live under the same rock. Generally, uh, ingratitude uh, can come across as, I don't need you. Right? Right? Reality is we all need each other. Maybe another reason the difficult difficulty in is of sharing gratitude is because gratitude feels like an admission of weakness. This admission that you actually need other people to do what you've been able to do. Right? I mean, it can feel like weakness. But we all need someone. And we all need someone. We would never be where we're at without them. So maybe, just maybe, there's some work to do that the Lord wants to do in your heart and life that makes it difficult for you to kind of say, hey, thank you for that. In all of this, that, The verbalization of gratitude needs to be just that. If you're the type of person, and I believe that there are probably few of us are in here, that can see something and see how it can be better almost immediately, put it on a shelf. Because that comes across as criticism. It comes across harsh when all you have to do is, man, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. That's for another time and another place and another space. 
So what does this, what does this story tell us from Luke? Let's be the one who, who goes back to the one who enabled us to move forward. Let's just be that person. Let's be the one who goes back and thanks the one or ones who enabled us to move forward. Take the time it takes, which is very minimal, to be grateful. I mean, uh, let's ask it another way, which is a a sombering kind of way to ask. What are they going to say about you? What are they going to say about you someday when they talk about you? When you pass, are they going to say that, man, he was... He or she, they, they were a loving person. They were a grace-filled person. They were a grateful person. They always, or they were continually sharing how grateful they were. Let's pray. Father God, on the precipice of Thanksgiving, of which we will look around a table at at family members and friends or our community. We'll be in conversation with people that have, have and are significant to us. I pray that as Jesus has pointed out, that we won't miss our opportunity. That we will express our gratefulness to our, our kids our parents, our friends, that we'll see what they have done or what they are doing and continually layer on them our gratefulness, our thankfulness that we feel inside and give it to them. Lord, lead us into, lead us and help us to cultivate this attitude of gratitude for all that we see, all that is going on around us, and specifically to the people that have given so much to us, starting with you first. Lord, lead us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.